We welcome you this morning to our Sunday morning sermon. We're glad you're joining us by podcast or in the room. Church of the Harvest, let those listening by podcast hear you. Give out a big hallelujah. And, and they're here. So many of you enjoyed Wednesday night's podcast and have been contacting me about the fun crowd. I said, well, just move to Cleveland. You can be a part of our crowd, too. Amen. We've been doing the sermon series on living on purpose. Everyone say living on purpose. And today, the message, the title of the message is, It's Not Over Yet. Something wonderful is on the horizon. Amen. Someone say amen. Amen. It's not over yet. Something wonderful is on the horizon. We've been in the book of Daniel. Today, we say goodbye to Daniel, which if you know me, that's always hard to do. I get so entrenched in these people's lies because they speak to me. I want to tell you in God's dramas, which are good dramas, unparalleled distress is the perfect stage for unparalleled deliverance. If you hit a distress that looks unparalleled, that means unparalleled. You got it. It means that a deliverance is unparalleled as well. Someone say amen. I want to read to you from a familiar passage of Jeremiah 29, 10 and 11. You know 11, but let me give you 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will come. Don't you love it when God says, when the time is right, I will come. And I will fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to Jerusalem, says the Lord. And here comes the part that you know so well. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Can you say amen? 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, before I pray, the word of the Lord says to you and I this morning. He's been telling me, dream big, Rhonda. I was going down through a department store this week, and, and I was just going to see some of my friends in Chattanooga. I make friends at every department store because they'll text me when they're having a sale. Come on somebody and especially if it's jewelry they're like 80% off come get it for that queen for a day and I run on down there to Dillard's and come get that jewelry but I was walking through and the spirit of the Lord began to just speak to me for him to speak through me to you is not hard most of the time but to speak through me to me is difficult can I get an amen and he just thunders in the middle of me walking down the mall so much that I was like, oh, i got to make it to Dillard's or I'm going to shout. And go in there and I sit down in the shoe department and get my phone. I would have embarrassed my family, I'm sure. And I transcribe because everyone's so busy what the Lord had said. But what he was saying is... Don't forget for a moment that I am done yet. You have not seen anything. The latter shall be greater than the former. You're going to let go of some things and hold on to some greater things. God said, I didn't leave you here. He said to me and to you too, to Mama Joyce, to everyone, 16 or 70. He said, I didn't leave you here to merely get by. I left you here because 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him can I get a praise can I get a Sunday morning praise from somebody hallelujah father we ask you to speak by your holy spirit we welcome you sir 
Without you, I am nothing. There is no denying it. Come, sir, and speak to my brothers and sisters. Whisper what I don't even say, but let this word come forth in the way you have prepared it, and we will leave changed that something greater is on the horizon, and you are not done yet. Someone say amen. Have you ever been on a mission to get back home? I remember when Pastor Hank and I were evangelists without children. His gallbladder was very sick. We didn't know that. He'd been real sick. We'd been preaching in Michigan. And I drove about 14 hours from the very top of Michigan home all night while Pastor Hank, evangelist Hank at that time, laid in the back seat. When I got home, my daddy said, baby, how did you drive all that by yourself? I said, daddy, I was just so anxious to get home. Have you ever been there? I remember riding with my daddy back through the dirt roads of Runnelstown, Mississippi. Mississippi and Pedal and Hattiesburg because he would drive with us sleeping in the back seat just to get back to his mama and his daddy, A.B. and Maddie Giles, to get back with them in a little bitty, little almost shack in the backwoods of Mississippi. But he was so happy to get home. I don't know about you, but as an adult, the minute your car gets going home, I mean going, you're like, let's stop at Stuckey's. Y'all don't remember Stuckey's. Let's stop over here at Bucky's or Bakui's, whatever name is Bucky's theirs too let's stop there let's stop here let's get a hamburger but when you get pointed toward home can I get a friend it's like I just want to get home come on somebody God is inviting you this morning to come home to his promises he is inviting you to come home to remember the million little miracles that he has worked in your life and to believe him for more what he has done before is great but that merely is to get you hungry and ready and expect it for what God wants to do now. The miracles in the past are not just to build a monument to, but they are to inspire you that greater things are yet to come. Somebody give him a shout of praise. I was inspired um, as I was meditating on this message by something that happened to a man named Benjamin Hall. In March of 2022, he was in the Ukraine as a Fox News correspondent. I saw him do lead-ins and lead-outs many times on Fox. And one day with his fixer, Sasha, Ukrainian, and Pierre, his cameraman, he was into the back villages in a place called Horinka. It was going very good, and they were getting pictures that were very good and stories. But all of a the sudden, they went down a road, and they heard a missile go off. And Pierre said, put it in reverse, put it in reverse, because Ukrainian soldiers were driving them, but they couldn't get it to reverse till all of a sudden their car was hit, and it exploded. In that moment, there he was. It went black. Benjamin Hall said, I couldn't feel anything. Sasha was not there. Pierre was not there. There was no pain. It was total darkness. But he said, in that moment, I heard a voice. And it was a voice. If you'll bring his picture up, I forgot to ask for that. I heard a voice, and it was the voice of my oldest daughter, Honor. And she said in the middle of that darkness, Daddy, you've got to get out of the car, Daddy. Daddy, get out of the car. And when she heard he heard her voice. She was in London, nowhere near him. He came to his senses, and he dragged himself out without one leg, without the foot on the other leg, with the sight gone, burned to a crisp. He dragged himself to the road and was picked up by others. He says, 
in the time that he was rehabilitated, there was a million little miracles to get him back home. But he said, my dream was I've just got to get back home to my three baby girls and my wife. I'll do whatever I need to do. And he's written a book that's fantastic. And he said, how to respond when you are tested in ways you never thought possible. I believe the angel of the Lord spoke in the voice of little honor and said, Daddy, get out of the car. And he did make it home. He did make it to his little girl. Here we got this picture, Austin. He did make it home to his little girl. And we're going to get that picture. There we go. And there's honor hugging him. And then this next picture is his three girls and the big welcome home to their daddy. There is something worth today getting home to the promises of God. There is something worth today going through whatever we have to go through today to come back to the home of God's word that says I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to give you a hope and a future someone say hallelujah we've been looking at Daniel we've been looking at him living in Babylon and today we bring that to a close as we have witnessed and we have observed and we have heard we have felt the absolute care of God for his people in a place they should have never had to be we see a million little miracles in this story of God working God kept them alive in a place they didn't want to be God kept their identity in a place they could have lost there were moments I know they wanted to give up moments there's no harps on the willow tree today someone say amen that moments that they hung their harps on a willow tree reference to a former message the moments that they almost gave up the moments that they lost their song you've ever been there I've been there but I know one who lives inside of us and he says in the Old Testament through the minor prophets I will rejoice over you with singing with which means I will bring back your song and I will say where did you lay the dream that I gave you where did you lay the promise that I gave you why did you put it up too good to be true promises like in a hope chest in an attic never to be used I believe the spirit of the Lord is saying blow the cobwebs off of that hope chest pull out the promises that are too good to be true because the spirit of the Lord is saying I am in this with you someone give him a shout of praise hallelujah and if there were a universal award show we put the Grammys to zero if there were they're at zero anyway but if they were the lead role make no mistake would be God Jehovah God's faithful presence accompanied them into captivity, into Babylon, a place to you and I represents a place we didn't want to be. I love it when I talk to former drug addicts. My husband used to say it when he was high. I don't want to trigger anybody. When he was high on cocaine about 44 years ago, he's in heaven now, but when he was high on cocaine, he said there was always a moment in a party or something that he would begin to give an altar call for salvation. There was always a moment when he would tell everybody, we're doomed, we're doomed. Why? Because I believe in my lowest moments, I don't know about you, God's presence followed me all the way into wherever I was if I made my bed in hell he came knocking on the door if I said I'll fly high away from you 
And you may love someone today that feels that way, but Psalms 139 and Babylonian captivity proves to us, I, the Lord, will not be stopped. I won't be stopped by your detour, your disobedience. I won't be stopped by anything you go through. My presence will find you. Somebody give him praise in this house today. We view and see his tender care of the three in the fire. We see crazy kings come up that we've studied about. We see one restored. We see him shut the mouth of lions. We see the goodness of God. And he paints an elaborate message with his care of Israel. During this time, they're living in a place they don't want to be to say to you and I, this is how much I care for you. Don't miss that. This is how far I will go to bring deliverance. This is how deep my love will reach in the depth of your trial. This is how long I will suffer with you. I don't know if you know this, but you can outlast the devil. The devil has no patience, but God is long-suffering, compassionate, and kind. You will never beat him at a weight game because he knows how to wait for the moment that he has predestined. Someone give him a praise this morning sometimes we see in Daniel him working like a warrior other times tender patience this is your God look at someone and say this is your God and that's why the book of Daniel was written so you would see him and you wonder in the worst of times in the times of captivity and this can't happen to at this time this doesn't look like the right time for the promise how in the world a prisoner of war becomes the prime minister of Babylon it's because only God can do that this morning in your less than desirable situations if nothing seems to be working if there's hard times and the odds are against you God's favor makes possible what looks impossible I think I'll say that again God's favor makes possible what looks impossible. I think I'll say it again. God's favor make what looks impossible possible. Someone give him a shout of praise. He's got you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's got you. And God can handle your anyone. God can handle your husband. God can handle your kids. God can handle your pastors. God can handle your boss. No one is higher than God. God can handle your banker. God can handle our president. God can handle the person that has given you grief. God can handle the person that has made all things and all promises to you and walked away. God can handle it. In the book of Daniel, we see his beautiful father heart pressing in and so kind, but we also see his special effects of fire and lion's den and a million little miracles got God's people through. If I were to pass the mic around this morning and allow you to tell your story, I bet there was a million little miracles that got you to this point where you are today. I bet you could write a song. There's a song, A Million Little Miracles. You could write a song that says he was here and he made a way here and then he came through here and then he made him have favor on me and then he brought her in. Someone should say to God, I don't ever want to get over what you've done in my life. I don't want to take it for granted. I don't want to let it become commonplace. I 
I want to still burn with a heart. My husband told his story to everybody that didn't want to hear it. Can I get an amen? To every drive-thru, to every gas station attendant, to every, every, I'd say the tokers and the smokers. He told his story everywhere that he went everywhere and he told it in a way like he had just been saved I said how do you keep telling it that way he said because it just seems like yesterday he picked me up in Westminster California and turned my life around and saved me and raised me up may we never forget all he's done for us may we never stop praising him and thanking him and worshiping him somebody give the Lord a shout he's the central role of your epic story he is the great I am the loving father the one who Psalms 84 11 says the Lord God is a sun and shield he gives grace and glory no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly for those who love him is what one translation says and there's incredible supporting roles you've had them men and women that made a difference Daniel was a supporting role in the story the people of Israel were there's people's names that weren't mentioned I want to say sometimes you may wonder does anybody know God how faithful I have been does anybody know God how much I have carried in my family in my job I want to say to you this morning there's one that knows and will always know and the Bible says leave your reward with him Someone say amen. But Daniel did not let his circumstances, Daniel did not let his situations. You see, he was born as a royal son. He was born in the palace of Israel, but then he was taken in chains to Babylon. But he never lost the identity that he was a son of the almighty God. They cut away from him. If you don't know, I don't want to get graphic, but they cut away from him. His ability to have children could never marry. They took things away from him, but he held on to who God is. And I say to everyone in this room, there may have been things or people that have cut things away from you. Maybe you've encountered loss of people or loss of things, but I'm going to tell you the same God that was with Daniel is with you and I. The best is yet to come. Something great is on the horizon. We must not let our circumstances, our feelings take away from who we are in God. Someone say amen. First Peter 2 and 9 says, you are a chosen, a royal, that you should proclaim the praises of him. We got so many translations. You can just you can really come off with anything. We should declare the praises of him who has called us out of, into his his marvelous light. Don't let anything you're going through debate your identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Daniel held on. I was born to a royal family. They tried to take it away from him, but what they forgot? Psalms 8 says an angel recorded the creation of man and watched as God created man and said, What is man that you are mindful of him? You made him a little lower than Elohim and you crowned him with glory and honor. What Nebuchadnezzar, what Darius didn't know, what old Belshazzar didn't know, God had crowned Daniel with a crown that could not be removed. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. God, don't let the world or anything take that away from you. Someone say amen. I'm going to tell you, we've all been carried here by grace. 
Don't ask us how. We can't really explain it. Blessings we didn't deserve. Scars that have taught us. Nothing short of a miracle brought us here. Miracles on miracles. He held up our strength. Someone say, he held up. Up our strength. He opened doors no one could shut. May we never get over what he has done. He has broken chains. He has saved lives. He has set us free. And he has given us the victory. Someone give him a shout of praise in this house. And what he has done before, he will do again. He will do again. Israel had known him as the God that parts the Red Seas. Israel had known him as a God that lowered the Jericho walls. But now they were facing something new. Would they get into the place with God to believe so they could get out of their place and go back home? I love what Numbers 23 and 19 says. God's not a man that he should lie, not the son of a man that he should change his mind. What he has promised, someone say what he has promised, he will do again. What he has promised, he will do again. You see, one day you're going to see behind the scenes of your life, of the hardest moments in your life, and you're going to be surprised and shocked at the unfathomable strong ways that heaven surrounded you every step. One day we'll sit down with Jesus Christ and he will show us and I believe that moment will be when God tells his side of the story and he will say to you you just thought me that this happened or that happened but that's when I pushed back that car. That's when I pushed that thing back. That's when I held up the heavens for you. I'm going to tell you may we never get over what God has done someone praise him again in this house hallelujah look at your neighbor and say it's not over yet all the things that they endured in captivity nothing would have been wasted the canon the old testament was actually put together in the time of captivity because god didn't waste that time and in daniel 10 where we land this morning for the the last half of this but the Lord, the angel said to Daniel, O oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. Stand upright, for I have been sent to you. While the angel was speaking this to me, I stood trembling. I would have stood trembling too. Can I get amen? Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel. From the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. From the first moment you spoke the words to God asking for our help, God heard you, and I have been sent because of your words. But, someone say but, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days in the heavenlies, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I was able to come to you. What I love about this, about there's something great on the horizon, coming home to his promises, you are greatly loved is exactly what God says to you and I today. He doesn't have to send it through an angel. He sent it through the cross of Calvary. Ephesians 1 and 6 says we were made accepted in the beloved. Someone say in the beloved. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus wrote a handwritten note for all ages. I love you beyond yourself. When you were dying in your sin, I loved you. You see, one of Satan's schemes is to make you feel forgotten and unloved, discouraged, and wear you out. Someone say amen. Just to wear you out. 
Why would the angel say to Daniel, you are greatly loved, unless Daniel was fighting, feeling unloved and forgotten? You see, the enemy will exhaust you. He'll make you busy. He'll make you discouraged. He will try to wear you out. And he'll make you think that you're going to wear God out. If you go back to him one more time, I got news for you. You can never wear out God. You are never going to get on his last nerve. He is never going to come to the end of his rope and think, I can't take it anymore. If Belinda Bell asks me one more thing, I'm just going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I can't handle it. No, God says, ask. I ask you to ask. Come to me. Keep on asking. Some of you in this this room asked some things of the Lord and then time went by disappointments came in it didn't look the way you wanted it to look and then now here you are not praying the same prayer the spirit of the Lord told me to tell you this morning I believe pray that prayer again ask that thing again some of the greatest miracles I know are miracles when someone stepped back into a place where they had stopped asking for this thing and they asked again God is looking for a people that will say I know you are good I know you are merciful and I'm going to ask you again and again and again and again and again and again somebody give him a shout of praise in this house amen amen but see it says as soon as you began to pray the answer was given as soon as you begin to pray, I love the verse that says, Psalms 139.4, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. I love that God gives us a look behind the scenes, and we see that war in the heavenlies. But I preached a lot on this passage and can only pass by it today. But again, the drama we see pales in comparison to the drama we can't see. God sends an answer to Daniel. Daniel's just praying, God, please. Get us out of Babylon. Get us back home where we belong. Just like you and I pray over the people that we love or we pray over our situations and we just think God is not answering. But God pulls back the curtain and he allows us to see that Gabriel was sent with the answer to Daniel for the prince of Persia who was trying to fight Israel from going back to Jerusalem because if they went back to Jerusalem, he knew out of Bethlehem would come the Messiah. He knew the promises if they rebuilt Jerusalem. I'm going to tell you, isn't that what the war is over in your life, in my life, to keep us from bringing Christ to this hurting world? Isn't that why the enemy discourages you makes you feel little makes you feel forgotten makes you think whatever you do it does not matter makes you think whatever you do it does not bear fruit let me say to you if you're hearing that voice rest assured you are making a difference because the enemy wouldn't be whispering it to you if you weren't someone give Jesus a praise hallelujah and that great moment that that ward, if y'all will come help me, I'm not done, So, but if you'll come help me, guys. Our piano just went out this morning. We just picked it up from being fixed. We have not had it for 10 days, but we're going to get it fixed. But they're going to both come and play. Here's what I want to say to you. We get this behind-the-scenes war image, and uh, Gabriel's trying to come, but the prince of Persia stops him and wrestles him to the ground. Now, at this moment, God could have just banged the prince of Persia but he wanted Daniel to know your prayers matter look at your neighbor and say your prayers matter because Daniel kept praying the more he prayed the more of things built and all of the sudden the Bible says 
that God sent the war angel, which is Michael, who's called the Prince of Israel. That's another message. But here's the bottom line. And Michael, the war angel, came and put Prince of Persia in a headlock. And then Gabriel came. I'm going to tell you sometimes, sometimes there's more of a war over things that you're praying than you realize. Hannah was just praying for a baby, but God wanted a prophet. Come on, somebody. Esther just wanted to be a right queen, but God wanted her to save her people. David just wanted to be a shepherd, but God was looking for a royal warrior. Don't belittle or not understand that there are other factors fighting your prayers, but stand there before the Lord. Bring them back again and again I may wake up in the morning and say it's me again God and I'm bringing to you this request because I know you are good and I know you are God and I know it's not over yet somebody bless his holy name and this is what happened to Daniel the way I see it he's living in Babylon one night he couldn't sleep tried that milk he didn't have melatonin he tried this he tried that and he couldn't sleep. So he thinks, huh, I'll just put myself to sleep. And he gets a scroll. This is so cool. From underneath his bed. And it's the writings of Jeremiah, the prophet. And he begins to read the writings of Jeremiah, the prophet. In that moment, I'm going to tell you, the enemy saw him. When the enemy sees your head in the book, that's the handwriting on his wall. When he sees you open up the scripture, it's like, whoa. No, no, no. That's why he doesn't want you to read it because it spells out his defeat. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? And he found that and he found that promise and all heaven was watching. This is the way heaven is with you. Watching him look in that scroll. Watch him reading the word and angels were getting excited. God was thrilled because Daniel was going to land on that scripture that says, after 70 years in Babylon. Jeremiah wrote that as Nebuchadnezzar was steamrolling Jerusalem. He wrote it. The Lord told him, write this. I will visit you again and bring you out. I love that God can predict the future. I love that God can predict it to one day. You might not be able to predict the Kentucky Derby, but if you win a lot, give it to the church. You might not be able to, you might not be able to predict the lotto or the lottery, but if you do, give it to the church. Whatever you do, you may not have that prediction power, but God knows the beginning from the end. He knows all ancient times. He knows how to predict. He even gave Daniel a, a revelation that I can't go into, but we've studied here before. It's so awesome. But he said to the day that the, the vessels would go back to Israel. Then from that day, the calendar would start. And he said, on this day, a king will come riding into Jerusalem. On that very day, Palm Sunday, Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem. On the exact day that God said he would be there. Oh, somebody ought to get happy about that. Why should that matter? You're wondering, can God find me a mate? I don't know. He can predict Jesus come to Jerusalem 42 years ago. Can God get you a job? I don't know. He can predict all times and seasons, even to the day of the crucifixion. Can God cut through the crazy economy? Well, I don't know. He seems to be able to predict everything else. Can God save the USA? Yes. Yes. Because God can predict, God can restore, 
He knows all things from the beginning to the end. So when you get into this, and we've taught this in Daniel. I can't teach it right now. We've even done little charts up here with Jimmy Evans. But I'm going to tell you, when you understand, he nailed it on the day that Nehemiah would say, go back to Jerusalem. Then he nailed it when Jesus came to Jerusalem. A God like that can be trusted. I'm not going to worry about what tomorrow brings. I'm not going to worry about my resources. I'm not going to worry about my kids God is completely trusted it's not done yet something wonderful is on the horizon somebody give him a shout of praise someone give him a big shout of praise amen lift your hand and say I'm not done just say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus unto you be it unto your word Lord Jesus so why did God want him to pray. Why am I bringing this to you today in the close of this thing on Daniel? Because I'm going to tell you, if prayers just case they're off, they're off. Perry Stone and I had a debate outside of Jerusalem, a jewelry store that was hilarious. In fact, everybody thought we were getting mad, but we were debating God's sovereignty, just what preachers do. He'd go this way, then I'd come back at him this way, and then he'd go, uh, and then I'd come back at him this way. We were just debating it, but here's the deal. If God's just going to do what God's going to do, then why do we need to pray? If it's just que sera, sera, well, I'll just have a siesta. I'll just sleep and let God do the work. Wake me up when it's over, Lord. Come on. But every miracle has a Genesis moment. Daniel found the prophecy, knew they were close to the 70 years, and he prayed like God had never said it, but he prayed it like God did say it. You and I, I'll lose some sleep for that. Can I get an amen? I'll miss a meal for that. Can I get an amen? I'll miss a Netflix seven-hour binge for that. Come on, somebody. I'll miss Hulu. I'll miss Roku. I'll miss Direct TV. I'll miss the radio. I'll miss a double little nap with a big bowl of ice cream. If prayer moves the heart of God, I'm going to pray and see in this church. It's going to pray to see the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you so much. When you're offended, you pray. When you're sick, you pray. When you feel like giving up, you pray. When someone you love is suffering, you pray. Daniel said, we don't make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy, Lord. Because of your great mercy. He said, God, they're talking about your people. They're talking about your people and saying that we're living beneath. You see, Satan has always specialized in shame. Satan hopes shame will make you hang your heart and hide your harp on the willow tree. He will do everything to get you to not pray. And I'm not you're like, oh, great, now we're going to have to pray. What I'm saying is, sorry. What I'm saying is, God does this because he wants relationships. In the garden, he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Hey, the cool of the day may not be your jam. I don't know if that's a relevant word anymore. Who knows? I'm usually pulling them up from my days. It may not be your groovy time. Okay. Maybe late night. You know, with me, I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's early morning. 
Sometimes it's late at night. Sometimes it's driving in my car. Sometimes it's washing my clothes. But what God wants to say to us is, I want you to ask me. I want you to seek me. And Daniel says, Lord, for the sake of your mercy and your reputation, we're living beneath in Babylon. We should be coming home to the promise of God. For them, it was Jerusalem. For you, it's life. It's healing. It's peace. It's hope. It's faith. It's joy. Those are the things he's promised you. You should be coming home. Those, but he said, we're living beneath it for the sake of your mercy, God. We don't deserve it. But for the sake of your mercy, Lord, for your honor. I thought about this the other day. This is a great way to pray. Instead of letting Bob, we don't have a Bob. Instead of letting Bob get on your nerves all the time, take Bob to Jesus. Jesus, I would not say unto thee this dayeth, that Bobeth get oneth my nerveth. And I'm going to speak in total King James to you because that seems to be appropriate. No, don't do that. God, Bob is driving me crazy. Bob is getting on my nerves. Lord, would you fix the things in Bob and would you change me? You see, we pray for the wrong reason sometimes. This person drives me crazy. Instead of praying into that person the qualities they need, that's intercession. That's praying the qualities. This person is always inconsistent. God, I pray consistency into their life. I'm telling you, many times as a pastor, the Lord would say, you are fussing about so much within your own brain in these 32 years, but have you laid so-and-so on my altar? Have you prayed into them consistency? Have you prayed into them strength? Have you prayed into them that they've got their own will? But I think it's a much better way to do it than letting Bob get on my nerves till I go postal on somebody. Can I get it? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap praise and lighten it up in here. He hears. And Daniel says, for the sake of your mercy. Here's the deal. We talked a little bit about this Wednesday night. This is what happens when you agree with God. You see, your words are a gate opener. And Daniel begins to find out what God has said. And he begins to speak what God has said. And he opens the gate for that. When you speak, you either open the gate for the enemy or you open your gate for the Lord. You either speak depression, discouragement, doubt. I'm terrible. He's terrible. We're all terrible. They're horrible. I'm so down. I'm sick and tired of me. I just want to, you know, I'm sick and tired of that. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Can I get an amen? Or you can open up the gate with your words. Lord, I thank you that my words create, I'm going to say what you have said. Daniel began to speak back to God what God had already said. God, you said that you would do this. Well, Pastor Rhonda, that's great because it was spelled out. There are non-negotiable things in the Word of God that have been spelled out for you. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost has been promised. Healing has been promised. Joy has been promised. Encouragement has been promised. Strength has been promised. I can open the gate and create a support group for all those who are discouraged, depressed, overcome, afraid. We want to take our own lives. Come join us now. Or I can say, come join me as we speak life into these situations. We're not going to deny that they're happening, but we're going to speak the Word of God that has life and healing. It's a two-edged sword that divides and cuts and brings healing. Somebody give Jesus a praise. All right, we're almost there. You're doing good. You're doing good. Amen. You're doing good. Which, which gate will you open? Daniel opened the gate to say, we believe. 
Jesus in the wilderness spoke the word of God. He was the son of the almighty God, but he did not try to think himself out of the wilderness. If you're in this room or listening to my podcast and you're trying to think yourself out of a bad time, it will not work. I'm a great contemplator. I score high on contemplation. But I've learned I can contemplate myself into defeat. I can contemplate myself into everything that can go wrong. I can contemplate myself into things that you don't even want to know. After I said some Wednesday nights, one of the people said, please don't speak about yourself that way. I just try to paint images for you. You see, or I can speak what the Word says. Jesus turned the Logos, which is the written Word, into Rhema. And he said, it is written. It's time that you and I say, this is what the word says. God said to Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? And, and he, was, he was smart enough to say, what do you say? And God said, prophesy to those bones. Whatever you would say, if, if God would say to you, do you believe that this can happen in your life? Whatever you're believing for. Do you believe this could be in your possession? Will you believe me for this? It's for us to say, Lord, only you know. If you inspire me to say, I will prophesy life to the death in my life. I will prophesy healing to the sick. I will prophesy encouragement. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, give him a big shout. We're going to finish this up. Such a great crowd. This is what I came to know in my early ministry as a principle called he has said, so I may boldly say. He has said, say that with me. He has said, so I may boldly say. So here you go. Track with me to the end. When I am afflicted, he has said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So I can boldly say, deliverance is mine. When I am sick, he has said, I am the Lord who heals you. So I can say, I am the healed of the Lord. When I can't find him and I don't know where he is and I can't sense him, I remember he has said, all of these are scriptures, call on me in the day of trouble, Psalms 50 and 15, and I will deliver you and you will glorify me. So I can boldly say breakthrough is mine someone say breakthrough is mine come on say breakthrough is mine when I am in trouble I will remember that he has said he has said he will rescue me and stretch out his hand against my enemy and his right hand will save me so I can boldly say victory 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 is mine can I get a hallelujah in the house when I feel I have no more strength, I remember he has said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I can boldly say, the Lord is my strength and the Lord is my ability. Hallelujah. When I am overwhelmed that he is going to complete things in my life and put the pieces together, I remember he has said, I am confident of this very thing that he who began a work will complete it in Christ Jesus so I can boldly say I have completion and I have a hope and a future someone say amen when I am in distress I remember he has said I am strength to the needy in their time of distress a shade for the heat so I can say he is my comfort when I am overwhelmed about the United States of America I remember he has said if my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and seek my face and pray, I will heal from heaven. I will hear and I will heal and I will forgive their sins and heal their land so I can boldly say, God is not done with America yet. It's not over. Something wonderful is on the horizon. Praise Him. Praise Him. When I am afraid, I remember He has said, what time I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you so I can boldly say, the Lord is my personal bravery. When I feel like that everything is against me, I remember He says in Romans 8 and 31, if God is for me, He's more than the world against me. So I can boldly say, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Can I get an amen? And when I feel, the last one, that the best is behind the body of Christ all over the world, I will remember that he said it will come to pass in the last days, says the Lord. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Old men will dream dreams. And on my servants, both women and men alike, they will prophesy before the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, everyone, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Something wonderful is on the horizon. Give him a shout of praise in this house. Stand all over this place. Come on, stand all over this place and now give him a praise. Sorry, I stopped you. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to him right now and say one thing, but just lift your hands to him right now. Jesus, we honor your Holy Spirit in this room. We thank you for making alive dreams that might have been put away. We thank you for making alive prayers that were prayed in a season, I hear you say. And you're asking for your people to pray them again. Lord, I hear you whispering, it is not over yet. Something wonderful is on the horizon. To dream big dreams and pray big prayers, as my friend Mark Batterson says, big audacious prayers, Lord. Prayers that get your attention. Prayers that are not small because you are not a small God. But prayers that believe that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor has it entered into man what you can do for us, Lord. Bring us back, every man and woman and young person in this room, to praying big, audacious prayers. You are the God that can do exceedingly abundantly. Lord, for the things we've been disappointed in, the things that didn't go the way we wanted to and affected, Lord, the way we prayed, we pray that you would help us to step over that, to heal from that, and begin to pray it again. Lord, I heard you say this week, I'm asking my people to ask of me and I will give the nations to ask of me and I will do what they cannot dream to be done. Lord revive us with the breath of the Holy Spirit and let us begin to pray big, big audacious, can't believe it kind of prayers Lord for something new is on the horizon. In Jesus name give him one more praise one more praise hallelujah, hallelujah now I want you just to find someone and pray with them. I want you to 
pray some prayers. You don't have to pray for them. Pray for you. Just find someone and begin to pray some prayers. Maybe you haven't prayed. I want you to speak. I want you to talk to the Lord. Come on. I want you to do that right where you are. I want you to pray for that person. Lord, right now, this hand that I'm holding, this hand that I'm touching, Lord, I want them and I want myself to return to praying big, audacious prayers. Lord, whether we are 85 like Daniel or 14 in this room, Lord, you are calling us not to retire yet. You are calling us not to sit down in the rocking chair. You are calling us to believe for greater things that are still to come. Lord, awaken us in the night. Sing to us during the day. Follow us on the journey, Lord. I hear you say, where did you lay that dream? Where did you lay that prayer that you stopped praying? Pick it back up and ask of me. Lord, we hear you calling us this morning. We hear you beckoning us this morning to pray big, audacious prayers, Lord. For you are a mighty God, Lord. And there is no limit to what you can do, God. Don't let us just settle for little. Let us ask you for much. For you are an on-time. You are a present God. You are a mighty God. And you own the hills and the cattle upon the thousand hills, Lord. Awaken us to believe and to pray big and wonderful prayers. For we believe something new is on the horizon. In Jesus' name. Now give him one more praise. One more praise. Hallelujah. I want you to see this before I bless you. And we're, this is still part of the sermon. We mentioned this a few weeks ago. When they arrived home, and that happens through Nehemiah and Cyrus, when they arrived home, they said, we were like men who dreamed when the Lord turned our captivity. And they will say of us, look how marvelous the Lord has been for them. I'm believing the days to come. Everyone in this room has a testimony like that when people saw what God did. But I'm believing in the days to come that that's going to be a testimony. Look what God did, and we are not going to get over it. We are not going to pass by it. Whenever the Lord says to me this week, when, or said to me, whenever I do something mighty, I don't want my people to get over it. I want my people to build a place of praise. I want them to talk about it like it was just yesterday. I want them to get on the last nerve of every prodigal around them. I want them to shout it from the mountaintops, tell it in the grocery line, tell it to the friends, tell it on a phone, put it on Facebook. I don't want my people to ever get over. It was I, the Lord, that turned their captivity, captivity and healed them and delivered them. Come on, give him a praise. Captivity, we got it out right. Come on, give him the highest praise. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, may we never forget that you have turned our captivity, Jesus.